Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we're joined by our teaching team pastor, Tammy Malchin, as we begin a brand new series, Helping People Find Their Way Back to God. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. We hope to see you there. Well, I'm excited to be here with you this morning. I wanted to start off today talking a little bit about technology, because chances are most of us are, are unaware of a significant technological achievement that happened on December 3rd, 1992. Uh, chances are it's not even ringing a bell for you right now, but see, on this day, a young 22-year-old computer engineer changed the world when he sent the very first text message. Now let me ask you, how many of you use text messaging? Okay, look, most of the hands went up, most of the hands in the room. In fact, if your hand went up, you're in good company because it is the most used app on a smartphone with 97% of Americans saying they use it at least once a day. And as I was looking into the stats on this, it blew my mind a little bit. In fact, the average adult spends over 23 hours a week texting. That's a bit crazy, isn't it? But but why not? It is an effective way of communicating. In fact, the average text message, over 90% of text messages are read in less than three minutes. And contrast that with that voicemail from your mom that you haven't even listened to yet. (laughs) Right? Of course, with the invention of texting came a whole new language of texting abbreviations, things like this, like LOL for laugh out loud or or FTW for for the win. And, And this language, it seems like it changes every three weeks, doesn't it? Now, since it's doubtful that I'm hip with the kids, I actually had to do a little research to find out what some of the, lang- the, the latest terms are. And so I found some, and we're going to see if you know some of them, okay? Now, I'm going to start off with a, a pretty easy one. This one here, GOAT. What does that stand for? <laughs> Greatest of all time. That's right. This one is reserved for people like Michael Jordan and Serena Williams and, and Ian Simpkins, right? <laughs> Now, how about this one? This one, F-R. Do you know what this stands for? Yell it out if you do. For real. That's right. You say this one when, when something that seems unbelievable is actually true. Like, like I'm going to keep this message to 25 minutes for real. Right? Some of you don't look like you believe me. <laughs> or how about this one? Now, this one isn't widely used yet, but does anyone know what platpodge means? Platpodge. Anyone? Am I the only one? Well, this one stands for please laugh at the pastor's awful jokes. (laughs) Of course, that's all just a little fun to get to an abbreviation today that we want to make sure that every one of us knows. And that abbreviation is this, H-P-F-T-W-B-T-G. And if you know what that stands for, let's say it together on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Helping people find their way back to God. A couple of you are going, oh, now I get it. (laughs) Helping people find their way back to God. It's our mission here at Community. It is the heartbeat behind everything we do. 
And and during this series, we're gonna be talking about our mission because we're preparing for this very special day that, that Patrick mentioned on Sunday, September 17th, a day that we call Show Up Sunday. And on this day, we challenge everyone that calls community their church home to show up. But even more than that, we challenge one another to invite five friends, family members, coworkers, neighbors to come on that day too. And here's why. It's because we believe that Show Up Sunday is one of the most strategic ways that we can help people find their way back to God. It's the mission that God has entrusted us with. It's the mission that he's called us to. And that's why it's so important that we, we don't just know what these letters stand for. It's critical that we know what they mean and why they matter and how to live them out. And that's what we're going to be talking about during this series. And I want to start today by talking about what our mission means. We want to make sure that every one of us is crystal clear on what it means. Because I have to admit, when I first came to community a number of years ago, I was a little confused by it. You know, that word back to God, it, it tripped me up a little bit. And maybe you've been confused by that too. Or, or maybe you're new here. Maybe this is the first time or one of the first times you're here and all of this is pretty new to, your, new to you. If you are new here, you picked a, a fantastic time to come because during this series, you're gonna hear all about who we are and, and what we're all about. So whether you're new or whether you're a little confused or, or whether you just need to be reminded, let's talk about what helping people find their way back to God means. Okay, and this morning, let's start with that little phrase on the end, back to God. To understand what it means, back to God, we have to go all the way to the beginning, to Genesis 1, to in the beginning. Understand, before there was anything, there was God. There was God before the earth was made, before the galaxies, before the universe came into existence. God is and was and always will be. And right there in the beginning of Genesis, we learn some important truths about God. In the very first word, uh, first verse, we're introduced to God as the grand designer, the father of all creation. In verse two, we see God as the, the spirit hovering over the formless earth. And in verse three, this God begins to speak. Everything comes into existence through the power of his spoken word. Father, Spirit, word. Now, some of us might recognize some of this language as being familiar with the start of a, another book in the Bible, the Gospel of John in the New Testament. In it, John writes this. He says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. Now, who is this word of whom John speaks? We came to know him as Jesus, the Son so we see right here in the beginning, we have, we have God existing in, in these three persons, Father, Spirit, and Son. And, and what we want to see here is right from before time began, God exists in community. He is relational. One being existing in three expressions, God the Father, God the Spirit, and God the Son, a mystery that came to be known as the Trinity. And we could spend weeks and weeks trying to get our minds around that, and and it's still difficult. 
But what we need to understand today, what we need to grasp onto is that God is relational to the core. God is relational to the core. Before there was anything else, there was this community of persons who know and who love one another. And this relationship can be described as just this this dynamic dance of joy and love. And out of this overflow of joy and love, this relational God begins to create. He makes the sky and the land and the sun, moon, and stars. He makes the trees and the flowers and the animals, fish, and birds. And then in the crowning moment of all of creation, God says this. He says, let us make man. He says this. (laughs) All right, this is what he says. (laughs) He says, let us make human beings in our image to be like us, there it is, to be like us. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You see, we are made in the image of God, which means that we are also profoundly relational. You see, God, intent for us from the beginning of the world is that we would live in this eternal relationship, the kind of relationship that God enjoys within himself. We were made for eternal community. We were made for relationship with God and with each other. And in the beginning, that's exactly what our reality was. We were with God in the beginning. But it didn't take long for the beauty and bliss of this eternal community to be shattered through that first act of human selfishness. You see, when Adam and Eve ignore God's command and make a decision based on their own desires, their sin, it separated them from God. God himself cries out. He says, where are you? They went from enjoying intimacy with God to hiding from God. And the world has never been the same. Now, I wanna pause here for a second because I think it's important for us to understand that when I say that word sin, I'm not really focusing on a a list of rules or a set of behaviors. That's usually where our minds go when we hear that word sin. We think of some mistake we've made or we think of certain behaviors that we know God wouldn't approve of. But what is critical for us to understand is that at the heart of sin is selfishness. And it's this selfishness that violates God's original intent because it's this selfishness that breaks apart the eternal community of love. To this day, we all experience this selfishness. I mean, I know I do. You wanna see this selfishness most clearly on display in me? Just ride shotgun with me during rush hour on the Eisenhower Expressway, (laughs) right? I mean, anybody else, like I'm amazed at who I can become in the car. I I would never in a million years yell at you if we were face to face, but you put a windshield between us and you try to cut in front of me and you're gonna get a piece of my mind, right? Does anyone relate to that? Yeah, I get it, I probably need some professional help. And of course, we we brush off these these little acts of selfishness. But what about when my selfishness hurts a family member? Or what about when my selfishness 
destroys the friendship? Or what about when my selfishness hurts my relationship with God? See, God made human beings to experience eternal community, and we did. But just a little ways in, our selfishness ruined it all. But, but, God refuses to give up on his original intention. God wants to bring us back. He wants to bring us back to himself. He wants to bring us back to God. And so how did he do it? Well, can you say Jesus for the win? Get it? Texting abbreviation for the win? Come on. Don't you remember Plot Pod? You're supposed to laugh at the pastor's awful jokes. I get it. Tough crowd. But you see, God knew, he knew that we needed a way to find our way back home. Have you ever been away from home for a while and and you experience those feelings of just this this longing to return, this longing to go home? I mean, maybe you felt that way after your first semester at college or or maybe after a long business trip. Uh, We can actually even feel that way after something as good as a vacation. Earlier this year, I went to Germany for nine days, and and about the seventh or eighth day, I started to feel kind of homesick. And it's not that Germany was bad, it's just you have these feelings that you long to sleep in your own bed, you long to be around the people that you love, you long to be where you belong. Friends, we were made for eternal community. We were designed to be in relationship with God, so when we are far from him... We are far from home. This homesickness, it can show up in our lives as as longings for something that that we can't seem to put our hand on, but but this longing for something that we, we feel like is just beyond our experience. And too often, we don't understand these longings, and we easily fall into the trap of chasing after possessions or positions or power or or even people, trying to satisfy these longings, all the while not realizing what we are longing for is God. We're longing for home. God knew we needed a way back, a way to start over, and that is exactly what he set about doing. Writing to Christ followers in the city of Corinth, the Apostle Paul explains it this way. He says, when anyone lives in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. And all of this is from God. He brought us back to himself through Christ's death on the cross. Because of Jesus, we can find our way back. We can be created again. Understand, the way back is not through just trying to get rid of our selfishness or trying to be good or trying to to, to behave well. That would be trying to recreate ourselves. No, Paul says all of this is from God. God made this first creation, and he is the one who makes the new creation. And how? Through Jesus' death on the cross, Paul explains it this way. He says, God was bringing the world back to himself through Christ. He did not hold people's sins against them. In fact, no, Christ didn't have any sin, 
But God made him become sin for us so we can be made right with God because of what Christ has done for us. We needed a way back. And so God made a way back. He became the way. He came to this world in the person of Jesus. And he lived among us and he showed us what God's grace, what God's love, what God's mercy looks like. And then he took all of our sin, all of our selfishness upon himself. And he sacrificed himself, dying on the cross for our sins. But it didn't end there. He rose again, proving that he has the power over our selfishness, over our sin, over death. And then he invites any one of us, if we will turn from our selfishness, if we will put our trust in him, if we will accept what he has done for us, he promises us our relationship with God is restored. Friends, This is the deal of a lifetime. It's called grace, and there's nothing we can do to earn it. There's there's nothing that is more valuable than it. Finding your way back to God, it changes everything. We actually asked a, a number of people from around different locations of community to share what a difference it has made in their life, finding their way back to God. Here's a sampling of what they said. Finding my way back to God has been a journey of learning to live like Jesus, uh, learning to treat people how Jesus treated people, uh, learning to love as Jesus did, adjusting my own expectations and adjusting my own um, desires uh, to that uh, of the Lord's. Finding my way back to God has meant everything for our life, uh, especially our marriage and our children. It's just meant everything for us, and we're just very grateful. Since finding my way back to God, I have been introduced to a wonderful community of friends uh, that have been there to answer questions, to guide and challenge me, um, which has ultimately helped develop a much deeper relationship uh, with God than one I have ever previously known. It is in this relationship that I am pushed to be a better friend and a better husband. Uh, It is a relationship that uh, provides me with a strong sense of contentment in life. And although I'm just really getting started, I'm really excited for what the future will bring. When I really, really got to listening to the words of Christ, it helped me in the sense that I became more transparent. I didn't have to hide behind anything. Christ is my shield and he's my rear guard. So therefore, I can be a more a truer person, a truer person to relate to. And everything you see is real, not plastic. That's the difference that he's made in my life. Since I found my way back to God, I feel like I'm unconditionally loved and I don't have to impress people. And still, I feel God loves me. I really needed some direction in my life. And some friends of mine had told me about Jesus, which I knew I had gone to church as a child. But I didn't realize that he had given me this gift and that this gift of salvation was something that couldn't be taken away from me. It changed my whole direction in life. And the more that I learn about him, the more that I love him, and the more that I want to follow him. What difference has finding your way back to God made in your life? 
All throughout this series, we want to encourage you to, to, to film a short video just like that and post it online with the hashtag MyWayBack so that we can encourage one another. What difference has finding your way back to God made in your life? You know, for me, finding my way back, having Jesus as the, the central relationship, the central friendship in my life, it, it really means everything to me. I'm old enough now to have been through quite a few seasons in my life. I've lived in different places. I've had different roles. I've, I've seen people that I love dearly come and go in my life. But through it all, there is one thing that has been constant, one person who has been constant, and that's Jesus. I feel him as my rock, as my anchor. When I'm feeling alone, I know that he is with me. When I'm feeling insecure about something, I know that I can find my acceptance in his love. When I'm feeling fearful, I know that I can trust him. Having Jesus as the core relationship, the relationship for which I was made, it means everything to me. If you've not yet found your way to that relationship, found your way back to God, there is nothing that I want more for you, nothing that I could encourage you more than to not wait another minute to find your way back. The creator God of the universe, he longs to welcome you in his arms back into the relationship for which you were made. Because of Jesus, every person can find their way back to God. It truly is Jesus for the win. But there's one more part to our mission, and that is helping people. You see, once we find our way back to God, God asks us to help other people find their way back to him too. The apostle Paul says it this way. He says, God has trusted us. He's trusted us with the message that people may be brought back to him. So we, you and I, we are Christ's official messengers. It's as if God were making his appeal through us. Here is what Christ wants us to beg you to do. Come back to God. We are Christ's official messengers. Another translation says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. You know, every country has ambassadors. These are the people that are sent to a particular place to represent their home country. And they're given the authority to speak on the behalf of their country. They are the face of their nation to, to this foreign land. You might say they are the image of their nation in this place to where they are sent. And in the same way, you and I, we are Christ's ambassadors. We are sent to the places where we live and where we work and where we play to be his representative. He has given us the power to speak on his behalf. We, bearing his image, are to carry his love. We are to carry his grace. We are carried his hope to the places where we are sent. We are his ambassadors. We are here to help people find their way back to God. It's the mission that God's entrusted us with. It's the mission that we're called to. And that is why... On this special Sunday, September 17th, Show Up Sunday, we're gonna join together across all community locations because we believe that Sunday 
has the potential to help many, many of the people that you and I know and love take their first step to find their way back to God. The question is, will we help people find their way back to God by inviting them? When you came in today, you were given a card just like this. I want you to take this out right now. If you didn't receive this, go ahead and raise your hand and we have ushers that, that are gonna hand these out to you. Uh, so put your hand up high and they'll, they'll come hand you one of these. But I want you to take this out for a minute. And, and I want you just to look for a minute at the five blank lines on this card. And understand, the name of a person that you know belongs on each one of those lines. And here's what we're gonna do in just a minute, just a moment, I'm gonna pray. And then we're gonna take a little bit of space here and we're gonna ask God, God, just bring to mind the names of the people that you want me to write down on my card. We're just gonna give him through his spirit a chance to bring those names to our mind and write them down on the card. And then over these next uh, three weeks, I wanna ask you to join me in doing two things together. The first thing is this, Let's commit to pray every day for our five. Pray that they would, they would be open to God's work in their life. Pray they would be receptive. Pray that they would feel their longing for home. And then the second thing, let's commit to invite each of our five to join us here on Show Up Sunday. Let's ask God, God, give us the courage. <laughs> Provide the opportunity for that conversation. Give us the words in that moment because we know, God, that you long for every single person to find their way back to you. We know that God longs for the five people that you know to find their way back to him. Friends, we were created for eternal community. And when we gather in this place, that is exactly who we are. We are a community of brothers and sisters in Christ who are finding our way back to God together. Who do you know that needs this community? Who do you know that needs to find their way back to God? You are God's ambassador to that friend, that family member, that coworker, that neighbor. So let's take a moment and pray together and then give some space for God to bring those names to our mind so that we can help people find their way back to God. Pray with me. God, we know that your heart is for us. God, we know that your heart is for the people in our lives, people that we know people that we love. God, we know your heart is even for the people that we don't really like. And God, we know that we've been entrusted with your message. I pray in these moments, Lord, that your spirit would powerfully work in this place, bringing the names of specific people to mind. God, give us the courage to write their name on that card to pray for them, to invite them. God, because we know that what you long for is for every person to find their way back to you. So God, in these moments right now, 
we just ask you to bring names to our mind. 